Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. You say you say it every week, but you have to understand tonight we are going to talk about the most important place in the world, not just in one area or in the state or in the country. We're literally talking about, and this is what I need you to wrap your head around. This is the most important place in the entire world. There is no place more important. This is not Disneyland that we're preaching about tonight. This is not one of the seven wonders of the world. This is not Hawaii or Times Square in New York. We are not talking about Paris or talking about London. We are talking about the one place in scripture where the Bible says God lives on the earth. And this is why it's so important. And I'm telling you, if you apply this tonight, this will be one of the most mind changing, life changing, eternity changing, soul changing, spirit changing, will changing messages you've ever heard in your life. Not because of what Isaiah is going to share with you, but because of what scripture tells us about the dwelling place of God. You don't, many people don't know this. There's a dwelling place of God. This is the one place, the geographical place that God, place that God lives on the earth. And this is where you can go find the father according to Jesus. What is incredible is Jesus literally tells us in Matthew chapter six, and we're jumping into it strong tonight. There's an actual location of God. And here's the sad part. Guys, here's the sad reality that very few people of us ever go there. That very few people of us ever visit the place I'm going to talk to you about tonight. You might say, well, brother, duh, I know God lives there. I've, I've, I've heard God lives there, but I want to say something strong tonight. You don't believe that God lives there if you never go there. If you're sitting here tonight, you say, I never go to this place. I go to Disneyland. I go on vacation. I go to restaurants. I go to movie theaters. I go to sports arenas. Well, that was kind of a thing in the past, but it's all opening back up again. But I don't go to this place. And this is the heartbreaking reality that so few people ever visit this place, the best place ever in the world. And so few people people are going to this place to find refuge and going, come on, share this if you're on Facebook and going to find, going to find peace and breakthrough and deliverance. And it's, it's incredible because we spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars going to our dream location or going to our dream vacation. We spend weeks planning what time and giving energy and giving effort, but what's time, what energy and what effort do we put in visiting the secret place? I mean, two weeks to plan a vacation, but how often do we go visit the secret place of God. Deliverance happens, friend, when we get into the secret place. Healing happens. Don't tell me to calm down, okay? I'm not going to be calm. I'm telling you, I feel the boldness. I feel the fear of God. I feel the passion tonight because I'm telling you this place, there's deliverance. There's healing. There's breakthrough. The fire of God releases in the secret place. Intimacy happens when you go into the secret place. And I'm just heartbroken as I feel the Holy Spirit, as I was praying, as I was studying, as I was reading reading, understanding that the Holy Spirit is more heartbroken than me because the church is not going there. Believers are not going there. We have no problem going to a Wednesday night service, a Sunday morning service, showing up to a broadcast or live stream, but it's such a struggle. And I'm not, I'm not talking down on you. I'm preaching with you. It is such a struggle for believers to get into the secret place. It's such a struggle for believers to understand the power of the secret place. So tonight, I'm going to call you into the secret place. Tonight, I'm going to share with you secrets of the secret place, and I'm going to show you what the Bible says about it, and you're going to have your mind blown when you realize the benefits 
of the secret place. There are actually perks to living in the secret place. The greatest tragedy, friend, of Christianity in our day is the sin of neglect. And this is neglecting the things of God, living our lives as if God does not exist, living our lives as if God is not real, neglecting the power, the presence, neglecting fasting, neglecting his word. Not only do we neglect deliverance and prayer and revival and the fire of God, but there's so many things that we neglect when it comes to God and God is calling his church back to the secret place. He's calling his church back. Come on, share this if you're on Facebook. He's calling his church back to the place of worship. Hebrews chapter two says, how can we escape this damnation if we neglect such a great salvation? Friend, our salvation is not merely a prayer, but the writer of Hebrews says, how are we going to escape this great damnation if we neglect our salvation? In other words, salvation is just a prayer prayer that we pray at an altar. Salvation is just this idea that when we die, we're going to go to heaven. But he goes, no, no, no. Salvation is so much more. And so many of us have neglected the things of God, have neglected the salvation that God has provided for us, the breakthrough deliverance and the healing. And there's so much available Yet so many of us are living on $10 a month. God has given you a million dollars a month in your spiritual bank account. And you're walking around poor, walking around like you have no power, walking around like you are defeated, walking around like there's no authority, there's no anointing, like, oh, the devil's just after me. Friend, I want to preach to somebody tonight and let you know the spirit of almighty God is living on the inside of you, that you are not some weak, defeated, anemic, McDonald's, Baskin Robin, yo-yo Christian, but you are a son and a daughter of the most, come on, somebody needs to hear this, of the most high God, and you've been called to royalty. You've been called to spiritual places. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So why are we walking around with our heads down? Why are we walking around like defeated grasshoppers? It's time for you to walk around with an attitude. Some of you, you why, are you, why are you up there shouting like that? And I would say, why are you down there dying like that? I have an attitude because I got God on the inside of me. So I'm not gonna let no little chaotic demon bully me. I'm not gonna let some religious gossiper bully me. I'm not gonna let some some troll that crawled out of the comment section. <laughs> Come on, somebody try to bully me. Some of you need to stop letting religious people bully you. Stop letting a person that won't be with you on judgment day bully you. Stop letting the status quo bully you. Stop letting the enemy steal your lunch and walk on you. Stop letting Facebook theologians and couch prophets and comment trolls try to talk you out of the will of God. You have to understand that God has called you, not other people. And so I know my my husband doesn't understand my wife doesn't understand they didn't call you God has called you and you know what God has called you to do and you need to go after God and don't stress out about all the little things. Friend, we have something so incredibly valuable in God and that is salvation. This is a treasure that is hidden in a field. This is a pearl the Bible calls of great price. And for some of us, we get it and we get this pearl of great price and we get this treasure in the field. And then after a while, it's like the shininess fades off and we start neglecting it. There's some of you that are, were so on fire two months ago and now you're kind of just neglecting the things of God. Now other things are taking priority. Now you don't really want to pray like you used to pray and you don't really want to read like you used to read and you don't really want to fast the way that you used to fast and you're kind of just back and forth and you don't 
don't really know about if all this God stuff is real. And I don't really know if I want to get into deliverance. I mean, I got on the map and I started doing deliverance, but it's starting to fade from the fire of God, the power of God and the glory of God was never meant to fade away. God's glory and God's power is shining brighter than it's ever shined in my life. And I can honestly say March 5th, 2021, I am more hungry, I am more on fire, and I am more bold for God and in awe of the things of God and intrigued by the things of God than I've ever been before. So don't let the shine fade. Don't let the excitement die. People have been telling me for 10 years, you're gonna settle down. You're gonna calm down. They said, once you get married, you're gonna calm down. Once you have kids, you're gonna calm down. Once you have a couple more, you're gonna calm down. It's kind of like they've been telling me I'm gonna gain weight. Once you get married, you'll gain weight. Okay, look at my wrist. I still haven't gained weight. Once you have kids, you're gonna gain weight. Okay, stop it. Once you do this, and I'm here now, still 130 pounds, and that's what they've been saying about the fire of God. One day, the fire's gonna die, and one day, you're just on a honeymoon, friend. I am not on a honeymoon. I am in love with the person of Jesus Christ. I'm in love with the Father. I'm in love with the Holy Spirit, and I'm not letting the fire die. I'm not calming down. Some of you thought I was gonna be like everyone else and stream for a month and then get tired of it. And that's why I don't care. I don't look at the viewers and say, oh, tonight we had 4,000, the other night we had 2,000. I, I don't care how many come, how many go, because the numbers are going to fluctuate, but what won't fluctuate is what Christ, I feel, I feel like preaching tonight, is what Christ did for me on the cross. He's the only consistent thing in life. Everything can change in a moment. Friends can change, family can change, cars can crash, jobs can lose, houses can foreclose, but there is one thing that is consistent in my life and that is the person of Christ and what he did. So I'm not clinging to viewers. I'm not clinging to finances or numbers or people or this or that or oh, this much came in and I don't have enough for this and this didn't come in and this did come in. I got likes there and I didn't get likes there. And so I'm just plowing and pushing, knowing and looking at the author and finisher of my faith. I'm not looking at the likes and the views. I'm looking to Christ. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And so when I look to him, I want to learn what Jesus has to say. Stop ignoring what Jesus has to say. Now, before Jesus teaches us how to pray, he actually teaches us where to pray. It's not just important what you pray or how you pray. Like we talked about last week, it's important where you pray. Last week we talked all about how we should pray and what we should say and what we shouldn't say, but tonight we're going to emphasize on what Jesus emphasized on, and that's where to pray. Let me ask you this very serious, sobering question. Do you ever feel a struggle to connect with God? Just type one if any of these apply to you. Do you ever find yourself feeling like you and God are not as close as you want to be or as you believe you should be? Do you ever struggle when you pray to get into the presence of God? Do you feel like when you pray you're distant from God I mean you know all the right things to say but you feel like there's this massive chasm between you and God and no matter what you pray or how you pray you're praying in front of a closed door come on am I the only one type one in the chat here's some good news if you answered yes to any of those questions you say Isaiah I feel disconnected I feel like there's a wall I feel like there's interference I feel like there's a shut door in front of me every time I pray I have good news for you tonight there is a guaranteed way oh I feel the Holy Ghost fire tonight I'm sweating. There is a guaranteed way to get into the presence of God. This is a, write this down. I hope you're taking notes because we have a lot to go over tonight. 100% chance of getting into God's presence and living a life of intimacy. And Jesus tells us the secret in Matthew 6, 6. He says this, but when you pray, so not if you pray, when you pray, 
go into your room and when you have shut the door pray to your father who is in the secret place this is new king james and your father who is in the secret place will reward you openly i want you to notice jesus says your father who is in the secret place wait, wait, wait. jesus hold on watch this hold on a minute jesus jesus told us right there where god lives on the earth he tells us where the father lives he says your father lives in the secret place notice he doesn't say go to the secret place and when you go he'll meet you there he says this he is already there somebody needs to hear this tonight he is already there waiting for you and the moment you get into the secret place you are immediately in the presence of the father this is instant access to god's presence there's no struggling come on someone type one if this is good there's no striving there's no working this is a promise from christ on where the father lives now how does jesus know the address of the father because jesus lives with him this is how he knows jesus not only lived with the father jesus lived in the secret place how many times did the bible say and he got away to get along with god and he got away to get along with God and he went up to the mountain and he disappeared from the crowd and he spent all night long in praying. If the secret place was good enough for Jesus, write it down, tweet it out. It was good enough for us. So how do I get to God's house? How do I get to God's dwelling place? The address of God is located and his, here's his address. I hope you're ready. I have it right here. Matthew 6, 6 secret place drive that is the address of god that is the location of god and when you get this friend when you get this revelation when you understand this i'm telling you right now you will no longer wander around like an orphan you can boldly go to the place saying i know where my father lives i know where the presence of god is i know where god dwells on the earth i'm not confused i'm not dismayed i'm not disillusioned i'm not i'm not in unbelief i'm not in doubt i'm not wandering like the book of isaiah says like people without eyes but i know where my father lives i know his dwelling place i know where come on type in matthew 6 6 i know where to find him and he is a good father he has power he has authority he has all things pertaining to life and godliness share this on facebook and god wants me to meet him in the secret place so here's the question he's waiting for you what are you waiting for are we waiting for some encounter to draw us in friend listen there is no encounter that's going to draw you in jesus said this you have to by choice go and shut the door and get in he says he's already going to be there so we're not striving and i know a lot of us pray this and it's okay but it's not biblical we'll say lord 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 please show up lord come down lord show up lord open up the heavens show up holy spirit come holy spirit come jesus goes what what are you begging for he's already waiting for you in the secret place and the question is how long i feel the holy spirit how long has god been waiting for you how long how many weeks has it been and God waits in the secret place and God's like the guy at the restaurant that says party for two and is waiting for the date that blows him off and is sitting there and the waiter keeps coming saying, are you sure they're coming? And an hour and a half goes by, two hours goes by, three hours goes by, four hours go by and the waiter says, are you sure they're coming? And the father says, they're, I know them, I love them, they're gonna be here. And you keep blowing God off, you keep putting God off, you keep missing God and God is saying, why is it that you're willing to spend hours on social media? I'm preaching to myself, y'all, hours on the couch, hours doing all these other things to just babysit your brain. And that's literally what it is. Our brain has to be babysat. And you're not coming into the secret place. When I'm waiting for you, I'm drawing you in. And guess what? I'm already there. 
So you don't have to beg me. You don't have to strive. You don't need an encounter to draw you in. Friend, why do you think the devil works overtime to keep you out of the sleeker place? Why do you think the devil works overtime to keep you distracted? He is afraid of you going to this place. He is afraid of you go becoming like God when you spend time with God. So the devil is doing everything he can to keep you out of the secret place. He's distracting you on the internet. Some of you watching right now, he's distracting you on TikTok and Instagram and Hulu and Facebook and YouTube and Netflix and every other vice and you say Isaiah it's not evil but understand it's keeping you out of the secret place it's keeping you out of the place of worship it's keeping you out of the place of prayer because he knows that there's dynamite power in the secret place there is deliverance I'm literally going to show you that there's literal deliverance in the secret place I'm going to show you this in scripture that God wants to set you free in the secret place so I know that if the devil works overtime over time to keep me out of somewhere guess what he doesn't want me to go there because he knows what's going to happen when i get there and i'm telling you devil to after tonight i'm going to have an insatiable desire an unquenchable hunger to get in the secret place come on share the broadcast and to get alone with god if the devil doesn't want me there i'm going to make sure that i stay there if the devil's trying to keep me out of there guess what just to make him mad i'm going to go there because this is where the father's dwelling now some of you are watching and, and as i do every stream I take pride on the fact that we're very practical, that we literally teach you how to do everything we talk about and casting out demons and flowing in the gifts of the spirit and prophesying. We're teaching you how to do these things. So your question is, Isaiah, how do I get there? Because this is not just a natural place, but write this down. This is a spiritual place that we can all access from anywhere. So the secret place is not just a natural location. It's a spiritual location. Remember, God is not in a physical location. God is a spirit. And that's why the Bible says those that worship him, the father must worship in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. God is not in the natural. So you can't go to like Wendy's or McDonald's or Starbucks or the mall to try to meet up with God, you actually have to find God in a supernatural location. So understand the secret place, and I hope you're taking notes, is a portal to the throne of God. That is what the secret place is. And Jesus tells us, here's the key to getting there. Isaiah, how do I get there practically? Here's the key, what Jesus says. Watch this. He says, all you have to do to get there is shut the door. Shutting the door is the entrance to the unseen realm of the secret place. The secret place is a spiritual dimension. It's a spiritual place that God wants us to go into. And this is the entrance to this place of encounter, this place of revelation, this place of deliverance, this place of breakthrough. And there is one element where there is power when you go into the, your room and shut the door. There's this, this element of faith, this element of breakthrough, and this element of deliverance. Something happens when we shut the door, we go in our room, we shut the door with the intention of seeking God. But I want you not just to think, and let's just take our mind off of the natural door. When Jesus says, go into the room and shut the door, take your mind off the natural. I want you to think spiritual for a moment because I do not believe that Jesus was merely speaking naturally. Remember, Jesus gave natural metaphors to describe spiritual realities. And he said, if those that have ears, let them hear. He wasn't talking naturally. He was talking spiritually. So Jesus is always telling stories, giving allegories, analogies, and giving illustrations to tell us about spiritual principles so he said he said it is permitted for you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven that others have not been permitted to know so think about this what happens when you try to pray the moment you try to pray 
Five minutes into prayer, you're getting text messages. Your Facebook alerts are going off. You're thinking about what you're going to eat tomorrow. You're thinking about responsibilities. You forgot to pay the registration on the car. You just remembered you have an appointment tomorrow and you didn't get a babysitter. You just remember that you didn't get the homework assignment due and you have class and it's due at midnight. The kids start screaming for you. Duty calls when you begin to pray. Now, here's the interesting thing. You can have hours of no interruption while you're watching Netflix. You can have hours of no interruption while you're scrolling Facebook. You can have hours of no distraction interruptions. The moment you try to pray, it's like every person on your contact list is calling for help. So Jesus was saying this, if you want to get in to the secret place, pass through the natural to the spiritual, don't just shut the physical door, but shut the door spiritually, shut the door in your mind shut the door in your soul shut the door in your will shut the door in your emotions shut the door shut everything else out put everything out put me on the throne and i will become your center of attention i will become your affection i will become your obsession block everything else that's trying to get to you friend you got to understand when you go in satan's trying to bring you out he's pacing nervously outside your door trying to get you out of the secret place he hates you being there he knows the power of walking with god from the garden until now he's been trying to separate man from having relationship with god there is an all-out spiritual battle there is an all-out spiritual war there is an assault on you to get you out of the secret place not only to get you out of the secret place but to keep you out so why would i shut the door because the enemy can't pass through the door of the secret place oh this is good preaching tonight the enemy no longer has access to god in the old testament he was able to go before the throne of god in the new testament jesus defeated him and he doesn't have access to the throne of God any longer. So when you're praying and you're, you go through that portal from your house to now the throne of God, the devil, once you shut the door on the enemy, the devil's not able to get through and to distract you. So Jesus says, make sure you shut the door and you don't let the devil try to jump in through the portal with you. You don't let him try to pass through with you. And I hear the Holy Spirit in my bones tonight. I hear the fire of God. I feel it in my bones tonight. I hear the Holy Spirit say, it's time to shut the door on the face of distraction it's time to shut the door on the face of temptation it's time to shut the door on the face of compromise it's time to shut the door you need to tell the devil straight up tonight no nothing is getting me out of this place nothing is stopping me from the secret secret place it doesn't matter friend how you feel he's there when you shut the door your feelings don't determine his presence you may not feel anything but know that if you're in the secret secret place he is there with you and I pray that this would so get on the inside of you that even as I'm preaching you're thinking your mind I can't wait for this broadcast to be over so that I can get in the secret place. I can't wait till Isaiah stops talking so that I can get in the secret place. There is a desire in me. And we're going to pray at the end for a hunger and a passion and that God would light the fire on the secret place so that you'd, you'd have a desire to go to him. But you have to understand that this is powerful. There's There's no substituting and I know some of you are like I could substitute spending time with God with doing more deliverances and praying for more sick people and reading more Bible and doing more this or doing that but I want you to write this down there's no substitute for the secret place without the secret place you will not survive years in ministry you'll not survive years in the faith I promise you if it wasn't for my secret life and my secret place 
I would not be saved right now, 100% would not be saved. People ask me, what is your secret? What is your secret? I'll tell you, everybody listen closely. My secret is the secret place. That is my secret to keeping passion. That is my secret to hearing the voice of God. That is my secret to having authority in spiritual places. That is my secret to getting these messages, these words, and having prayers that move heaven. It's knowing God, intimately having a secret history with God in the secret place. The most powerful moments I've ever had in my life, all of them have all been in the secret place. Now you might say, brother, when I go in the secret place, I don't feel anything. It's not about your emotions. It's not about your feelings. It's about the power of saying, I might not feel a thing, but by faith and according to Matthew 6, I know that God is dwelling with me. When I show up, God is already waiting. I'm not, I'm not waiting on God. God is waiting on me. He doesn't go to the secret place. He dwells and lives in the secret place. So God lives in the secret place. And we're going to find out later, he's calling us to not go to the secret place, but to dwell in the secret place. Jesus says, and gives us another secret when he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you publicly. Oh man, this is getting good because now there's public rewards. God says, because you did it where nobody sees, I'm going to bless you where everyone sees. Behind every legitimate, powerful man of God is a secret life of prayer, is a secret history with God. The reason why men of God have secret lives of sin is because they've lost their secret life of prayer. When you draw out of the secret place of prayer, you go into the secret place of compromise. Again, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit strong tonight. God is not the only one with a secret place. Remember, the devil is a perverter. The devil perverts what God does. The devil counterfeits what God does. So anytime you read scripture and you see God doing something, you can guarantee that the enemy is going to try to do exactly what God did and manipulate and pervert. So God says, I've made a secret place where you access my spirit, you access my power, you access my anointing. And the devil says, I'm going to make a secret place. And it's called the secret place of shame. It's called the secret place of guilt. It's called the secret place. You want to know what it's called? Of pornography. It's the secret place of condemnation. It's the secret place of perversion. It's a secret place of the mind. And the devil draws you in late at night. He entices you. The Bible says that it's our flesh and our lust that entices and drags us away. And the devil gets you into his secret place. And guess what? It becomes a portal to demonic spirits so God's secret place is a portal to the Holy Spirit to getting to God and the devil's secret place is a portal to getting demons that's what the secret place of the enemy does and the devil tells you you can't tell anybody this is a secret between me and you nobody's gonna find out nobody's gonna find out you're watching pornography nobody's gonna find out you're seeing prostitutes nobody's gonna find out you're at massage parlors nobody's gonna find out you're cheating on your husband after work nobody's gonna find out you're cheating on your wife no one's gonna find out what you've been doing what you've been watching where you've been going what you've been listening to but the bible says that there is coming a day where god is gonna judge the secrets of men and y'all you're not gonna get preaching like this anywhere else i'm telling you this is this is your this is the word of god what's done in darkness god says i will bring it to the light there's no secrets to God. God sees all, God knows all, and all it is is a matter of time between before God exposes you or you get away with it like some have and you stand before God on judgment day. Friend, do you know it's the mercy of God that exposes us? It's the mercy of God that exposes us of our sin before it destroys us and God gives us 
a window and a room to repent. So I want to call some of you out tonight of the secret place of shame, the secret place of pornography, and the secret place of guilt, and into the secret place of God. We have too many people who are successful in the in public, but failures in private. So many with private lives of sin and public lives of success. I don't want to have a public success, be a public success and be a private failure. I want to be successful in the secret place before I am successful in the public place. Now, does God promote people? Absolutely. Does God lift up people? The Bible says, if you humble yourself, the Lord will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, the Lord will humble you. It's a biblical thing for God to promote, for God to lift up, and for God to exalt people, those that humble themselves and get alone with God in the secret place. I'll never forget I was saved about a year and a half and I got invited to speak with Reinhard Bonnke at Morningstar on God TV, 20 plus million viewers. I was saved, I think barely a year and a half or about a year, year and a half. And I remember getting the invite, taking the invite. And then I remember packing for this. I'll never forget this. I was in my apartment, I was packing and I got hit with so much anxiety, so much pressure. And I went, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't go, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. And I got on my knees in my secret place and I began to cry out to God and I felt such a power come over me. I felt such a boldness come over me. I felt such a confidence come over me and I heard the Lord say, Isaiah, you're right. You can't do this, but I can. And friend, I have lived by that statement my entire existence of being a Christian, which has been 10 years now. I've lived by this. I am nothing without him. I can't preach without his presence. I can't pray without his presence. I can't be a father. I can't be a husband. I can't preach in person. I can't preach on live stream. I'm literally nothing. I can't memorize a verse without his presence. Maybe like, how do you memorize our message? How do you preach without notes? Friend, listen, without his presence and without his power, I am nothing. Understand, you have to get to a place in your life where you say, Lord, I need you. I'm nothing without you. I can't do what you called me to do without your power and without your presence and without your anointing. Every time I'm traveling and preaching from church to church, every time I'm preaching at my own church, I go, Lord, I need you to show up again. I need you more yesterday. Oh, I feel the fire of God. Then I need you today. I need your presence in my life. I need your power in my life. Every public success I've ever had has come from a secret devotion life and my secret place. So many people say, well, I just don't have time to get alone with God. Friend, I want to tell you tonight, you don't have time to not get alone with God. You cannot afford to live your life outside of his promises. You can't afford to live your life outside of the secret place. You can't afford to live your life outside of the ha- of being in the shadow of the Almighty. God is drawing you. God is calling you and this will change everything if you get this tonight i want you to write this down everything will change in my life if i live in the secret place everything i'm talking everything because i can tell you a thousand issues you're having are all connected to not dwelling in the secret place, not being in the secret place. And I want there to be something in you. I want there tonight to be a fire. I hope I'm preaching a fire on the inside of you to say, God, I want this. God, I need this. I can't survive without this. I can't survive. Come on, share this without your power. I can't survive without your anointing. This is my life source. This is my power source. This is my crutch. That's why he said, don't take a walking stick on the journey because I'm leaning on the presence of God. I'm leaning on the hand of God. I'm nothing without his power and I'm nothing without his presence. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. When you think, oh, Isaiah is so strong and he's so anointed, he's so gifted and all these type of stuff and he's putting out content every day. I want you to know 
that behind me, let me, let me say this. I want you to know that on the inside of me, it is only God doing this through me. Paul said, it is no longer I that live. It is Christ living on the inside of me because Isaiah can't, literally can't do anything. So don't think of me, oh, the strong guy. Paul said, the weaker I get, the stronger he gets. And it's in my weakness that his strength is perfected. That's why when Paul said, will you take this thorn? Three times, Paul's praying, Lord, take this thorn. And God says, Paul, Stop praying that. I'm not taking the thorn. It is when you are weak that I am strong. And some of you right now are too strong for God to use you. You're too strong for the power of God to be in your life. You're too strong for God's anointing. So God is saying, I need to allow you to be broken so that you can dwell in the secret place. Now, the secret place, type one of this is good, is not only a New Testament reality, but it goes all the way back to the Old Testament where David reveals the secret place in Psalms 91. And this is my all-time favorite chapter in the book of Psalms where David says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, so now we're in the Old Testament, Psalms 91, will shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the feller and from the perilous pestilence or global pandemic. Come on, somebody. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll take refuge. And the Bible says he'll be your shield. He'll be your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror that comes at night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but they shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and you see there. And as you see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone you shall tread oh i feel the holy ghost fire upon the lion and upon the cobra the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me therefore i deliver him i will set him on high because he's known my name he shall call upon me and i will answer him i will be with him in a time of trouble i will deliver him and honor him with long life i will satisfy him and show me show him my salvation from these are the benefits psalms 91 is a massive list of perks and benefits for those who live in the secret place david goes when all hell is breaking out all around you it's not going to touch you nothing will harm you and nothing will hurt you because you've developed a secret life with god and satan cannot touch what god is protecting Understand that God has put a hedge of protection around the believer. God has put a hedge of protection around you. That's why when the enemy came to God and said, I want to mess with Job, but I can't because there is a hedge of protection around Job. And the Bible describes that God allowed Satan. He lifted up the hedge. He said, do whatever you want to Job as long as you don't kill him. The only thing the enemy was doing was what God has allowed him to do. And the enemy is always trying to penetrate the hedge that God has put around us. He's trying to get 
into your garden. The Garden of Eden literally means a hedge. It means a protection. And you got to understand that the enemy is trying to get in. And that's why we need some man and woman of God that say, I'm not letting the enemy get into my garden. I'm not letting the enemy get into my territory. I'm not letting the enemy stop what God is doing. I'm not letting the enemy stop what God is saying. God has given me a hedge of protection. God has given me divine wisdom and divine revelation. And you got to understand that God is protecting you and God is guarding you when you dwell. Now, what's interesting is David says, he shall deliver you from the perilous pestilence and pestilence means a global epidemic of sickness friend that is what pestilence is with everything going on right now with sickness with covid with the pandemic we need this protection he says when sickness is breaking out on the streets and everyone's getting a contagious disease this is literally pestilence he says god is going to bring you divine protection the storms are actually not going to draw what you away from God, but they're going to draw you closer to God. Now, what is a shelter? What is a fortress? What is a refuge? It is a place that you go to be protected from the storms that are around you. So know that what the enemy meant for bad in 2020 and even in 2021 with COVID, God says, I'm turning around for good because the storm actually made you run to the secret place. The storm actually made you run to the shelter. If it wasn't for the storm, you'd never run to the secret place place. If it wasn't for the storm, you'd never run to protection. So God says, I'm using the storm to draw you in. What the enemy meant for bad, it's going to draw me them. It's going to draw you closer to me and not farther, farther away from me. Now, how does that work? Because you know this in 2020, you spent more time with God in your house than you ever have before. You were years in church, never got alone with God, never prayed at home, never read your Bible. You went Sunday to Sunday and the moment the church shut down and all this pestilence broke out, all of a sudden you're praying, all of a sudden you're calling out to God and all of a sudden you're realizing you had a walk with God through a pastor and not through his presence. That it was a personality that was driving you, a, a pastor at your church, and it wasn't the presence of God. And the storm of uh, COVID actually draw you into the refuge, drew you into the storm. Storms have a way of drawing us closer to God. Storms have a way of bringing us closer to the presence of God. What the enemy means for bad, God says, I'm going to turn it around. I want to talk about the end of Psalms 91. There are, if you're taking notes, seven promises, seven benefits, and seven perks to living in the secret place. We're not talking about visiting. We're talking about dwelling in. And the number one promise in Psalms 91, that out of seven perks that God says, these are the benefits you're going to get. You're going to literally get these things if you dwell in the secret place. And the number one thing is, you guessed it, I will deliver him. That's the number one. Number one, I will deliver him. Notice the first promise we get is a promise of deliverance. God says, I will deliver you. I will set you free. I will remove the power of darkness. I will break every demonic power. I'll break every demonic spirit. Every enemy that tries to rise up against you, I'm going to break it. I'm going to rescue you. Friend, do you know that you can get deliverance in the secret place? God can set you free as you rest in his presence. Many of you can testify right now in the chat that if you were in the secret place one day and all of a sudden you were praying and crying out to God and you felt something lift off of the top of your head, all of a sudden as you were praying and crying out to God, you started coughing and choking and all of a sudden something crawled out of your mouth. You can testify that when you were praying and alone with God, something broke. You just felt something, relief. You came out lighter. Why was it that I went in the secret place heavy? 
And I walked out lighter because Psalms 91, the Lord says, I will deliver you in the secret place. God can deliver you while you're praying in the secret place because you're abiding in him, the Bible says, because you're resting in him, you're under his covering. He doesn't say this, those that go to the secret place get these seven benefits. He says those that dwell in the secret place. So notice that all the way back in the Old Testament, God is looking for people that would live in the secret place. And what, what he's saying is this, Will you make this a lifestyle, not a once a week experience? Will you make this a daily thing where you get away with me, where you get into my presence with your, with what you're intentional about the presence of God? Come on, share this. If you're on Facebook, you're intentional about the fire of God. This could be in your car. This could be in your bedroom. This could be in your bathroom. This could be on your lunch break. He said, I'm looking for people that would make this a lifestyle and would dwell here here this is not a prayer meeting this is a prayer lifestyle if it's only once a week where you dwell in the secret place you're not dwelling I'm sorry if it's only once a week where you go to the secret place you're not dwelling in the secret place you're visiting the secret place and the oh that's a good word brother Isaiah these promises are only for those that dwell in the secret place so these are not for those that occasionally visit the secret place once a week these are not for those that occasionally visit the secret place once a month when they have time these are for those that dwell in the secret place God is not looking for weekend visits He's looking for full custody. He's a jealous God that wants all of you and is not willing to share you with other lovers. He wants you to dwell with him and, the, and, and abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You cannot be under someone's shadow if you're not close to them. So understand that we're not talking about God being a thousand miles away, God being a hundred million light years away in some other dimension. He's not a far off God. He is a God that wants you to be near to him. You think Satan's going to come mess with you when you're that close to God? No way. The devil's afraid of the most high God. And Jesus said, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you and you will produce fruit. The fruit can be the fruit of self-deliverance. If I abide in him, he delivers me. And this is the first promise the first perk of the secret place is self-deliverance. David said he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. These are the traps of the enemy. From the enemy sets traps out like a bird catcher, a fowler, to capture us. He's always setting traps. If you've ever been caught in one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. God says, if you live like this, I will deliver you. If you're in a trap right now, a demonic trap, God says, I will deliver you from the traps of the enemy keep that the enemy keeps setting up for you every trap the enemy puts out i will rescue you from them if you feel stuck right now you're like isaiah i'm just stuck you're probably in a trap and god wants to set you free from the trap we have to make sure that we know the vices of the enemy so that when we see the enemy's traps we can look and say i already know that trap that's a trap of lust that's a trap of division that's a trap of anger that's a trap of pornography and you're setting out traps but i'm keen to what you're doing satan i know what you're trying to do i know what you're trying to say because i've been stuck in that trap before but my god is the one that delivers me from the traps of the fowler my god is the one that delivers me from the hand of the enemy god has the power right now come on i feel the chain breaking anointing to break every shackle and to break every chain in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, there are traps being broken. The trap of complacency, the trap of religion, the trap of pornography, the trap of drug addiction. We break it tonight in Jesus' name. The trap of bitterness, the trap of suicide, the trap of gluttony. Come on, the trap of pride, the traps that the enemy has put you in. You're in the chat. I know you're typing, I feel trapped, I feel trapped. It's time to get loose tonight.
tonight it's time to dwell in the secret place and to be in the most high to be in the shadow of the most high God is looking for those that would be close to him that would be near to him that his power can fill he wants to fill you with power he wants to fill you with authority the the shadow of the Almighty is the safest place to be and the Lord says if you dwell if you make this a lifestyle I will deliver you number two the second perk the second promise is I will set him on high because he knows my name now you might say what does that mean to be set on high means to be put into a place where the enemy can't touch you remember this entire chapter is about the delivering hand of God from the enemy not just David's natural enemies but also spiritual enemies and he says this I'm gonna set you on high because you know me so because we have relationship I'm gonna put you in a place where the enemy can't touch you I'm gonna put you in a place where the snakes can't go there's a reason why birds don't have to be afraid of snakes because birds live in a place where snakes cannot go this is a place out of their reach a place out of danger and God says because you know me and you have intimate relationship oh man this is good preaching tonight with me I'm gonna take you to a place in me where Satan cannot touch you where darkness is no longer having any power or any authority or any temptation or danger to you where you can soar on wings of eagles friend a bird that on the ground would lose to a snake so what a bird does you may have heard this before is it takes the snake off the ground and the bird brings the snake into the air because in the air the the snake is powerless because he's not in his territory and this is how we overcome the enemy we say devil we're not fighting in your territory we we're fighting in our territory we don't fight for the victory we fight from the victory we have already won the battle and friend I came to preach to somebody that we are soaring on wings of eagles that we are not defeated that we are not weak and we have not lost the battle but Jesus has defeated the snake once and for all he has bruised the head of the serpent and he's given us power over every serpent come on New Testament over every serpent and every scorpion and I don't know about you but I want God to set me on high I want God to put me in an advantageous position over the enemy Paul says that we need to know the devices of the enemy so that he cannot have an advantage over us that word literally means he cannot be higher than us or have an advantage level over us and God says I'm gonna tell you right now how to get an advantage come on right now you want to know how do you get an advantage over the enemy you want to know how to dwell above the enemy in high places God says know my name know me intimately and I will put you far above every power every principality when you're seated with Christ you are in heavenly places and you're lifted up above demonic forces he says those that dwell I will put them on high the third thing we're on three he does Oh man, this is too good, y'all. This is this is literally, and I'm not talking about Isaiah. I'm talking about the Word of God. When you read this stuff and believe this stuff, this will change your life. Number three perk is I will answer him when he calls my name. Think about this. God is saying, when you call me, I will not silence my phone. I will not hit the ignore button when you call me. I'll not put you to voicemail. I'm not gonna call you back later. He goes, when you call on my name, I will answer you because you dwell in the secret place and guess what happens well those that dwell in the secret place I know them so I answer them now we all have that friend that every time you call him you already know when you dial that he's not gonna answer your call and it's gonna take him a few days or a few weeks to call you back okay I'm sometimes that friend and God goes I'm not like your friend that doesn't call you back 
I'm the God that because you dwell in the secret place, your prayers get answered. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. I feel that in my spirit. When you call on me, when you pray, when you begin to ask the Father, when you begin to ask in my name, he says, I will respond immediately because we have an intimate connection. That is what this promise is. I will answer those that call on me. God says, I will respond to you. Now, some of you might be saying, oh man, brother, God never responds to me. Are you dwelling in the secret place? Because if you're not dwelling in the secret place, write this down, you're not eligible for the benefits. You might know like, I'm uneligible. I don't qualify. My income's too low. My income's too high. You're ineligible for the benefits. But God says, there's an eligibility requirement for the benefits, the seven perks. Guys, we're not preaching tonight about free healthcare. I hope you know this. We're not talking about unemployment checks. We're not talking about government benefits. We are talking about supernatural, spiritual benefits that God says are reserved for only those that dwell in the secret place. So you might be in the chat saying, I don't dwell in the secret place. These are not for you. Now, what these can do is make you jealous to get in the secret place. Paul says, I preached a certain way to make them jealous. I went to the Gentiles to make the Jews jealous. I was hoping that when I went and preached to the Gentiles, they would get the Jews would get jealous and they would actually seek God. This is make this is called God's calling you, called me to preach this to make you jealous. So if you're listening, going, I want all these things, that's gonna draw you into the secret place. There's gonna be a holy jealousy. Now, if you don't see these things manifesting in your life, it's again because you don't dwell in the secret place. You say, How do I know if I'm dwelling in the secret place? because these benefits are going to be in your life okay man these are so good number four benefits perks whatever you want to call it i will be with him in times of trouble when you're going through the storm come on friend you're not going to be alone is there anyone that can testify in the chat if god was not with you during times of trouble you would not even be here am i the only one here because he was with me in times of trouble am i the only one that over and over and over it was the hand of god that rescued me over and over he spared you and spared me how many times should you have been dead come on i'm reading the chat tonight how many times should you have been dead but it was the mercy of God over time and time again that is the promise for those that dwell in the secret place he goes in times of trouble I'm going to be with you we have a refuge we have a shelter we have somewhere to go during storms friend this is the sad reality the world has nowhere to go during the storm and this is one of the greatest benefits of being a believer we see this over and over and over in scripture we have a fortress a strong tower a shelter in the storm in god when we dwell in the secret place and so if we're not dwelling we're not eligible for that divine protection that god offers us in the secret place he protects us he goes when all hell's breaking out you have a place to go I'm not talking naturally, I'm talking spiritually. That's why when you lost that family member, your unsafe friends did not understand how did you survive? And the only reason you survived, come on, I'm preaching tonight, is because you had somewhere to go. That's why when you lost your job and the house got foreclosed on, and everyone didn't understand how you were getting by and how you didn't lose your mind and how you didn't have a mental breakdown. It's because you had somewhere to go that they didn't know about. That's why when your husband or your wife left you and everything around you was falling apart and there was a smile on your face the entire time and people said, how are you getting through this? You must be heartbroken. It was because you had a place to go. It's because you had a dwelling place, the dwelling place, the shelter of the most high. It doesn't matter how rough the storm gets. I have somewhere to go. 
It doesn't matter how bad things get. I have a refuge. I have somewhere to go in the spirit that will guard me. I came to preach to somebody that says, I need to go to the secret place. I need to dwell in the shadow of the almighty. I need God in my life like I've never had him before. I've been battling. I've been struggling. I've been getting tossed to and fro by the storm, but it's the shadow of the almighty. It's the dwelling place of God. It's the secret place that's going to deliver me. Come on, who am I preaching to tonight? He's going to deliver me. He's going to set me free. He's going to save me. His hand is going to be on me. His power is going to be on me. There is nothing that can stop what God is doing in me. He says, number five, number five, I will deliver him and honor him. Here we go again. Think about how significant deliverance is in Psalms 91. Here we go. I will deliver him again. But notice he says, I will deliver him and I will honor him. Have you ever been honored by somebody? Somebody appreciates you. Somebody respects you. It feels good to be honored. It feels good to be appreciated. It feels good when someone gives you a shout out and says, man, thank you so much. I see you. And someone calls you out and honors you or a boss honors you and says, I've been seeing your hard work. How many of you like to be honored when you work hard? You like to be honored or noticed by somebody, but this is not honor from your boss. This is not honor from a man. This is not honor from a pastor. God says, I'm going to be the one that's honoring you. Think about this. The God of the universe says, I'm going to honor you because you dwell in the secret place. There's a special level of honor. Now we always talk about culture of honor, honoring your pastor, honoring your leader. Have you ever heard a message on God honoring you? And that the Bible says God will honor those that dwell in the secret place. What does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like God making your priorities his priorities. It means God says what is important to you is important to me because I honor you because you dwell in the secret place. Okay, number six is with long life, I will satisfy him. There is a promise of long life, literally living longer and satisfaction if you dwell in the secret place. Because here's the thing, friend, you can be rich and not be satisfied. You can be successful and not be satisfied. You can gain the world and not be satisfied. This, this pursuit of satisfaction is the journey every human being is on. This is why athletes have reported their saddest night ever was the night they won the Super Bowl. This is why actresses have said the night they won an Oscar was the most depressing night of their lives. This is why musicians have said the night that they won a Grammy was the worst night of their life. How is that possible? Because they found out the thing they thought would bring satisfaction didn't. They thought, if I win this Grammy, if I win this Oscar, if I win this trophy, if I get to the highest level of the Billboard chart, I'll be satisfied. And here's what they found out. They were just as empty before the Grammy as they were after the Grammy. Why? Because only those that dwell in the secret place can have a life of satisfaction. Friend, I want to tell you right now, clear as day, nothing will ever satisfy you outside of God. The promise of satisfaction is a promise for, of God that he gives for those that dwell in the secret place. This is why in Haggai chapter one, God told the people, because I'm not your priority, you're going to eat, but never be satisfied. You will pl plant, but not harvest. You will put money in pockets that have holes. You'll put on a jacket, but still be cold. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to be happy. It doesn't matter how big your house is. It doesn't matter how big your bank account is. It doesn't matter how good looking the guy or girl you got with is. You will never be satisfied if God is not first in your life. And that is not an if, a but, a maybe, a will. That is a promise. How do I live a life of satisfaction? You dwell in the secret place. You say, I might have a 2007 car. I don't have a brand new car 
car, but you know what? I'm satisfied with the car I have. I might not have the biggest house, but I'm satisfied with the house I have. I might not have everything going on for me, but I live a life of satisfaction. I might not be where I want to be in corporate America or climb the ladder, but guess what? My boss that makes $300,000 a year, that drinks himself to sleep, even though I only make $30,000 a year, I go to bed with joy and I, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost fire. And I wake up with joy because I'm dwelling in the secret place and I get a long life and I get satisfaction. So guess what, baby? I don't need all the money. I don't need the big house. I don't need the new career. I don't need the job. I need to dwell in the secret place and God will give me satisfaction. Satisfaction will not be found in the job you work at, the person you date, the person you marry, the house you have, the car. I know because of America, we've bled out into the entire world. This is satisfaction is found in what you have, the stuff you have. But baby, satisfaction is not in what I have, it's in who I have. And that is dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty and in the secret place. I have the presence of Almighty God living on the inside of me. And that is all I need to live a life of satisfaction. So you can take the house and you can take the car and you can take the guy or the girl or the promotion or the boat or the whatever it is that you have, but give me Jesus. All I need is God because I can live a life of satisfaction. I don't need stuff. I don't need stuff. Who was like that in the Bible? Job. Why? Because Job did what my shirt said. He feared God. And so Job goes, I don't care what I have. The devil said, God, you know why Job worships you? Job worships you. And this is Isaiah's New Living Translation, but this is what the book of Job says. He worships you because you've given him a bunch of stuff. You've blessed him with houses and kids and cars. And if you take the stuff, I guarantee Job's not going to worship you. And God goes, you know what, Satan? I'm going to take you up on that offer. Go ahead. Go ahead and do everything you can. Take everything from Job and let's see if Job still worships me. And friend, you know that after everything else is gone and his wife said, curse God, curse the day you were born, mock God and everybody was telling him to curse God. You know, Job's response, naked, I came into the world. Naked, I will leave. Why? Because I am satisfied in the presence of God. I am satisfied in the power of God. It is God's very present. It's God's very essence. It's God's very promise that brings me satisfaction. And all this exterior stuff doesn't bring satisfaction. Okay, last one, number seven is this. He says, I will show you my salvation. The man that dwells in the secret place will see the salvation of the Lord. He says, I'm going to show you. Not a pastor, not a leader, not a Holy Ghost camp where you pray a prayer. I am going to show you salvation. Now, for so long, salvation has been praying at an altar. That's not salvation. Biblically, salvation means to be set free, to be saved, and to be protected. God says this, I'm going to show you the power of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. God says, I want to show you my delivering power. I want to show you my healing power. I want to show you my divine protection. Those that dwell in the secret place, I'm going to show them the power of God. I'm going to show them the fire of God. I'm going to show them the anointing of God. I'm going to show you. Nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to reveal it. And friend, I don't know about you, but I don't want the American church version of salvation. I want to see what is 
is God's version of salvation. I would rather have God show me than have you show me. God's version, there's power. Romans 1.16, I am unashamed. It is the power of God unto salvation. There is power in biblical salvation. Biblical salvation is not, well, close your eyes and repeat a prayer after me. That's not biblical salvation. That's a nice prayer but it's not biblical salvation. The disciples didn't do it. Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. That was being saved. Salvation is deliverance, friend. It, go look up the word salvation. It means to be delivered, to be saved, and to be protected. And God says, if you dwell, I will show you my power. I will show you my anointing. Those are the perks. Now, if you're not at the point where you're saying, I want this. I, and I could go five more hours on this. I want to be in the secret place. I don't know what's going to convince you. Now, I want to give you, those were the seven benefits of Psalms 91. I want to give you one more key, okay? Last thing I'm going to give you, and then I'm going to read the chat, do that, pray with you guys, all that. One more key to the secret place, and write this down. This is the key of silence. And this is rarely ever talked about in prayer. When people talk or teach on prayer, we think we need to constantly be speaking. But have you ever tried having a conversation with someone that does not let you get a word in? It's a one-way conversation. You're talking, you're talking. What are you doing? You're waiting till they stop talking so that you can get a word in, in the conversation. And this is how often our prayer time looks. God is looking for us to pause for a second so that God can get a word in otherwise. So we have to change our paradigm and understand that God is a relational God. God is not a slot machine. God is not a genie. God is not a butler. He's not an insurance hotline where you call him to report a wreck. God is a relational type. God and we taught that last week we're gonna keep teaching that in prayer he's a relational type God that wants relationship with you so God says okay listen when you go in the secret place and I promise you this will change your life and guess what I actually want to talk back to you it's hard to listen while you're the only one talking if you're only talking non-stop how are you gonna listen for God some of you might say, well, I never hear God because you never be quiet in prayer. Practice silence in the secret place. Why aren't people ever quiet? Because we don't think we'll get anything done if we're quiet. But I want to tell you right now, one word back from the mouth of God has more force than 100,000 words you and I can speak. One word from the mouth of God that proceeds out of his mouth could change everything in your life. And when I, what I've realized in the secret place is that what God has to say is infinitely more important than what I have to say to God. Write that down. What God has to say is infinitely more important than what I have to say to God. Things don't change when I talk to him. Things change when he talks back to me. When I speak, nothing happens. When God speaks, universes are made i'm not trying to convince you I'm, I'm not trying to convince god in prayer of my plan like this is what i want to do god i'm looking for god to speak to me back his plan and this doesn't have to be an audible voice this could be a still small voice two weeks ago we taught on how to hear from god if you haven't watched that video you need to go watch a video we did an over an hour on how to hear from god but i'm telling you right now when i go into the secret place i practice silence so if i don't hear or feel god speaking in the silence i know this now what if I go in the secret place and I don't hear God say anything? Then here's what I do. I still, I still practice silence and I know his presence is changing me and I am open to listening to his voice. So we need to practice listening to the voice of God because a lot of us are great speakers, but we're terrible listeners. And your wife's been telling you that for years, but you need to listen to me tonight. There are days when I'm praying in secret and I don't feel like I'm hearing anything. Other days, the voice is so clear. Do not be discouraged. 
Keep pressing in, keep being open to his voice because everybody hears him differently. The hours of prayer and not feeling or hearing anything become so worth it the moment he speaks, the moment a breakthrough comes, the moment of encounter comes. And this is one thought you'll get over and over and over again in the secret place when you encounter God. You're gonna have this one thought because now, because you've never been in a secret place or you don't, now you're going to after the broadcast because you're so hungry to encounter God, you're gonna have this one thought over and over and over again. And some of you have this thought. When you get in the secret place and you encounter God, this is the very first thought you're gonna get. Why don't I do this more? Why am I always so distracted? This is so life-changing, so life-altering. Why do I not pray more? And I'm not preaching to you. I'm telling you, this is the same thing I'm thinking about and I'm praying about tonight. Why do I not do this enough? Sadly, because we easily forget um, our encounters. We will just go back to neglecting the secret place. We so easily forget what God has done in the secret place. And if I had to pray a month straight, to only hear one syllable from the mouth of God, I would gladly do it. And here's why, because it's so worth it when he speaks. If God doesn't speak, that's okay. Because here's the thing, you've done your part. All God is asking for you to do, this is not a live stream where we're striving, we're not trying. All God is asking you to do is to get in the secret place, strive to obey him and hear his voice. Your job is not to make God speak. Your job is to position yourself to hear his voice so that when he speaks, you're ready. Your job is to be found listening. That's your job. I gotta have God find me listening. I can't be distracted. I can't be in delusion. I can't have all these other voices. My calling is to be found listening. Psalms 95 seven says, today, if you will hear his voice. So understand, hearing the voice of God is a matter of your free will. We must actually choose according to Psalms 95, seven, we must choose to hear the voice of God. So we make this choice by setting apart time to seek God and to be silent when we seek him. It says, notice it says today, if you will hear his voice. So when does God want to speak? Write this down. When does God want to speak to me? Okay. I'm getting too excited. I'm clapping here. God wants to speak to me today. Man does not live by bread alone, but what every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How often do you eat? You eat every single day. So he says, if you eat every day, you don't live by bread alone, but by the every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if you eat every day, I want to speak to you every day. And I'm going to tell you something. I am a hundred percent convinced every single day, writing this down, God has a word for you, whether it's the whisper, whether he's speaking through a person, whether he's speaking through his word, whether he desires to speak to you every single day, we, you have to realize God desires. So you wake up tomorrow and say, today God desires to speak to me. So what is my job? I don't have to strive. I don't have to work. I don't have to struggle. All I have to do, get in the secret place and practice silence and talk to God and let God, I'm telling you, this will change everything. Let God speak back to me in the secret place. When we hear, listen, and obey, he listens to our voice. How, wait, where's that in the Bible? Zechariah 7, 13. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed, just as he spoke, the Bible says, and they would not hear, so they called out to, to me and I would not listen. That's Zechariah 7, 13. Some of you are like, I didn't know Zechariah was a book because you don't read the Bible. It's in there. He says, because you didn't listen to me when I spoke to you, I'm not going to listen to you when you speak back to me. So God is saying, if you don't listen, I'm not going to listen. So you have to understand the enemy wants to lie to you and say, you don't hear the voice of God. God is not speaking to you. You're unable to hear God. That's a lie from Satan because John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice 
and I know them and they follow me. So if I'm a believer, I'm eligible to hearing the voice of God. You need to tell Satan something tonight, okay? Most pastors are not gonna tell you this. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Tonight, I want you to tell Satan to shut up. Tell him, you need to shut up. I will hear the voice of God. You quote John 10, 27 back. Every time the devil says, you don't hear from God, you're not a mega Christian like Isaiah Salivar. You quote John 10, 27. Jesus said, Satan, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You are a lying devil, so you shut your mouth. Go back where you came from. I have no time for you. I have no energy for you. Ain't nobody got time for that. I am hearing the voice of God. Some of you say, why well, is I don't hear God. And the question is, you've never set time aside for him. You've never dwelled in the secret place. You've never put the energy and the effort into knowing God. So don't be mad at God that you're not spending energy. Because God says, my job is I'm already there. You got to meet me there. Don't ask me to meet you in your place. I'm asking you to meet you where I dwell and I'm the God that dwells in the secret place and all the way back from the book of Psalms, I've been calling you, Jesus, Matthew 6, 6 echoes back. God is looking for people that dwell in the secret place. Some of you need to realize you're not spending energy time don't get mad at God. It's not his fault. It's your fault. It's like going to the gym day after day and being mad you didn't lose 50 pounds and you went one day and you didn't lose 50 pounds and you're, I'm not going to work out. Working out doesn't work. It works. You just went for one day. You haven't put the time in or the effort in. You're going to reap what you sow and don't be mad that plants aren't growing when you're not planting anything. So many of us, let me end on this. We want so much from God, but we do so little. We are a generation that is spiritually lazy. And you know what? I have to say this. The devil's not lazy. Demons are not lazy. Demons are not playing church the way we're playing church. And God is looking for some serious believers. We're an hour and 22 minutes in. Some serious believers that are going to dwell in the secret place. If this blessed you, type one, I'm going to pray for you because I believe that this is one of the most important messages you're ever going to hear. Not because I'm preaching it. I would have said this if somebody else preached it. But because God gave us these secrets these keys, some of you might say, how in the world did you just preach for an hour and 10 minutes on the secret place? I don't know. Revelation, the spirit of God, trust me. I thought, how could I preach more than 10 minutes on the secret place? Friend, God wants you to dwell in the secret place. God is calling us. God is drawing us. God is wooing us to the secret place of worship, the secret place of prayer, the secret place of fasting. Father, I pray right now over every person listening that you would light a fire for the secret place, that Matthew 6, 6 would come alive on the inside of us, that Psalms 91 would come alive on the inside of us. Father, we pray your word back to you. We pray for your power, for your fire. We want to dwell in the secret place. I hear the Lord saying he's calling people tonight that would not be weekend visitors, but would dwell there. He's a weekend visitors. I want full custody. Father, I pray for those of us that have dabbled or visited the secret place. I pray that we would now become dwellers of the secret place that lord we would come out of the secret place of compromise we would come out of the devil's version of the secret place and we would dwell in the secret place of the most high god we ask you holy spirit let us abide under the shadow of the almighty we want you lord to be our refuge and our fortress we put our trust in you like psalm 91 says we pray lord that you would deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence that walks by night we pray that the arrow that 
flies by day would not touch us and we pray that the terror that comes by night would not afflict us father we thank you that your word says a thousand falls at one side ten thousand at the other but because we dwell in the secret place it will not come with us father we thank you that you are our dwelling place we thank you that your word says you've given your angels charge over us so nothing would harm us your word says that we'll tread on the lion and on the cobra this is all your word so we pray your word back and father we ask you to do these things in jesus name lord deliver us god set us on high Lord, let us experience the power of your salvation. Be with us in times of trouble. Deliver us and honor us, Lord. We pray for long life and satisfaction. These are your promises. And Father, we pray tonight, release your promises in Jesus' name. We come against every demonic assignment and every demonic attack in Jesus' name that's trying to keep you out of secret place. Satan, your power is broken. You're a liar, you're a thief, and we're on to you. And you have no power. We come against you now in Jesus' name. We will dwell in the secret place in jesus name we will dwell in the secret place in jesus name you have no authority satan you've been you've been defeated no more demons will not keep us out they don't want you in there because they know you're going to get delivered in the secret place they already know there's delivering power in the secret place and so they're quivering they're shaking they're trembling in fear because they know what is going to happen if him or her gets in the secret place power is going to happen lord we thank you that you are already in the secret place you're literally waiting for us. And tonight we hear the call from the secret place. We hear the call of God saying, come into the secret place. I have things to show you. I have encounters for you. I have breakthrough for you. I have healing for you. Father, we pray that you would release your healing anointing, that you would release your healing power, and you would release your healing fire. In Jesus' name, Lord, we say, do what only you can do in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray God, distractions be broken. Idols be broken addictions be broken give us a hunger and a desire from the fact that you're in this broadcast shows that you're hungry and desperate i know tons of friends and family that are not in this broadcast and this is it's not because oh isaiah is too hard or, oh this or oh i just it's because they're not hungry enough they're not desperate enough you're in this broadcast tonight because you say i can't get enough of god and his word and it's not because i'm here because of isaiah Salvador. i'm here because i have an insatiable unquenchable desire for the word for the presence and for the power Power of God and I pray that that would become more alive in you I pray a Holy Spirit addiction an addiction to prayer an addiction oh we shouldn't be addicted really you were addicted to drugs alcohol sex and everything else and you're telling me you shouldn't be addicted to God I pray that you'd be addicted to God's presence and God's power and God's fire and God's anointing and intimacy in the secret place God release holy addiction holy boldness in jesus name let us have an obsession with your word an obsession come on where are the hungry ones at tonight father give us a spiritual hunger in jesus name and i just want to pray a special prayer over your spouses father i pray right now that our spouses would be lit on fire i pray that our wives would be lit on fire i pray that our husbands come on pray for your husband right now i pray lord you don't have to lay hands on him just pray for him i pray that you would light him on fire I pray that you would light our kids on fire, that they would dwell. Come on, what happens when an entire generation of young adults begin to dwell in the secret place, begin to go from spending hours on social media, hours on television, hours on video games, hours watching movies to hours in God's presence? What would happen if young adults came out of their prayer closet with the power of Almighty God, with the power of the wilderness? They came out with the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, draw our children into the secret place. Draw our kids into the secret place, into the place of prayer and into the place of worship father we pray this we ask you lord activate this word satan you're a liar you will not steal this word in jesus name 
But we just pray an activation in the name of Jesus. And we bless everybody watching, Lord, with the power and the fire of God. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. You're shaking something. You're changing something. You're moving something. In Jesus' name, we just thank you for releasing your power. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.